Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Here for episode 49 of the Church Planner Podcast, and this is actually our final week of the daily podcasts. So we're, we're coming here into the home stretch. You, uh, you actually made up the number, didn't you? Well, no, because today I released 48, so I'm going to put this one out oh. tomorrow because it's going to be a lot less work on PD's part. So it's going to be 49. Right on, man. Cool. All Unless right. Today's so was 49. Was today's 40? I see. Now you got me all confused. It sounded so much better when just with confidence, you're like, 49. No, I, I think it is. It. I think it's 49. I think we're good there. Hey, that means tomorrow it's special. <laughs> it's number 50, the 50th episode. We need to party. We need to do it naked. I do all of them naked. You know that. We're on Google That's Hangout. True. That's true. <laughs> so uh, you want to introduce our guest today? Okay, well, our guest today is none other than Josh Boyd. He is the pastor of Fight Church. He is the chaplain. Woohoo! He is based in Las Vegas, Nevada, and he is the chaplain to the uh, MMA uh, movement in Las Vegas, the fastest growing sport in America. And uh, Josh, welcome to the show, man. How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story. I mean, church and, you know, UFC, MMA, all that stuff, not really, you know, fighting, not really the the two that you put together, right? Um, Tell us a little bit about your story, how you got involved in that, how in the heck did you become a chaplain, and then we'll get into the, uh, the, the nitty gritty and meaty stuff. All right. Well, I don't know how detailed you want me to be, but, uh, I was uh, a pastor, a youth pastor mostly, uh, for several years, and I had several friends who were uh, chaplains for different sports as far as, you know, baseball or hockey and and that sort of thing, so I was always pretty familiar with the whole 
sports chaplaincy uh, concept, at least. I had never personally done a whole lot with it, um, but I've always been a huge sports fan. I was uh, pretty involved in sports my whole life. And back in the early 90s, I discovered the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or UFC, and I started watching those events uh, via VHS tapes that I mostly found uh, at Blockbuster Video or, or Box Office Video in the uh, sports and special interest uh, section, uh, alongside mostly uh, baseball blooper videos and uh, Jane Fonda-style workout uh, tapes. Which are and, always, uh, th- th- those are good workout <laughs> tapes, by the way. I, I got to attest to them. Yeah, I know lots of guys that, uh, uh, you know, treasure those, those VHS tapes. Uh, I don't think they're doing much working out, but uh, they, they like them nonetheless. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I would pick up those videos as fast as they would come out. And uh, back then, you know, you'd only have a couple of years or whatever. But uh, I was just enthralled with the whole thing. You know, red-blooded American boy grew up, you know, watching Bruce Lee movies and, and uh, just enthralled with professional wrestling and, and anything like that. And so when I saw these tapes of, of these guys coming from all these different uh, martial arts backgrounds to see, you know, which style of fighting was uh, uh, supreme, you know, it was, it was very uh, cool to me. And uh, lo and behold, uh, a few years go by, and uh, we're going to move to Las Vegas to, to help a team uh, plant a church here. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, this is going to be so cool because the UFC is based in Las Vegas, and uh, hopefully from time to time I'll bump into a fighter or a coach or you know, a ring announcer or somebody I know from that world. And uh, who knows, maybe they would become a, a part of our church plant project and, and, and whatever. And uh, never thinking that there would be any kind of direct um, interaction or correlation between the two things. But uh, I started working at a grocery store and uh, started really bumping into some of the guys and uh, some pretty big names like Forrest Griffin would come into my store a couple times a week. And uh, I really started uh, noticing more and more guys all the time. And uh, over time, I just thought, man, there's got to be some way that there would be more of a a direct interaction uh, ministry-wise. And uh, never put two and two together until uh, a couple years into this whole thing. But uh, three and a half years ago, we, we kind of had an epiphany and uh, a match made in heaven, so to speak. And we started uh, pursuing it and found out that nobody is doing ministry specifically to the combat sports world and thought we would go for it. So here we are three and a half years later, uh, right in the thick of things uh, as a fixture in the MMA world here in uh, Las Vegas and beyond. And and I think it's important for people to know. I mean, you're a pretty connected dude. I mean, Pete was out there with you in Las Vegas not long ago, and uh, he came back and he's like, "Dude, Josh is connected." I mean, all these guys know you. I mean, you you are the guy when when these guys have spiritual needs. You're the guy that's around. Um, how did that happen? Well, you know, uh, all along uh, in all of my ministries, I was never the guy with the biggest youth group. I was never the guy that the state office asked. Uh, to get up on the platform at the big annual youth event and use my radio announcer voice and be like, let me tell you something, young people, God's got a plan for your life. Um, I was pretty good, Josh. You know, you're you're in the wrong ministry. You can make a fortune with a voice like that on TV. (laughs) Well, you know, I could have been that guy, but it would have been totally fake. And, uh, you know, my ministry style... My ministry style was always more to just be as real as possible, and I would much rather um, get 
10 or 12 or 15 kids jammed in a van and have like super intimate relationship building times with them uh, one-on-one than yeah. get, you know, 40 kids that I didn't know and uh, take them somewhere and, and spend all my time just chasing them around and making sure they weren't like catching things on fire. Yeah. And yeah, that's, uh, that's a hard that's a heart of ministry right there. Yeah. So, I mean, that was always just the way we, we tried to do things. My wife and I all along, you know, she led a lot of worship and was in charge of that sort of thing. And, and it was just our philosophy as a couple was to just be real, keep things small, keep things simple. And uh, when we got here to Vegas and we started doing the fight church thing, we thought, you know, the most important thing is for people to know that we're real to know that we're in this for the right reasons, that we really do care, and that we're in this because we love these people and we want to see lives changed and, and made for the better. And so we really just took things super slow and just uh, really made ourselves available, never asked for anything in return, and just built relationships with all the gyms, all the promoters, and then eventually, you know, the fighters and coaches and their families. You know, Pete, what was your, your perspective? You came back and you said something about uh, Josh. Um, you, you told me, dude, this is how this guy's wired. What what was it? Looking at Ephesians 4, I remember dude, you telling I, me. I was so thinking the same thing while he's talking, right? I'm like, see, told you he's a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, that, that Pete comes back and he goes, dude, that guy is the shepherd. Like, that is his... That's how God wired him. And I guess in a way, that's kind of when I say like, because these are big names. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're probably not at liberty to say who, but I mean, I don't think there's many guys you don't, you, you don't uh, have access to because of what you do. And I mean, one of the things that you told us was that uh, you, you serve these guys. I mean, you're always there serving them, but you kind of through serving them, let them know, hey, I'm here for you spiritually as well. Um, and you're, you're kind of the dude, you're the go-to guy when, when, you know, when people think, Hey, I need to talk to a minister or I need to talk to a chaplain, Josh Boyd's a first name that comes along. Yeah. You know, and let me ask you this, Josh, and I'm asking it for the sake of, uh, the church planner listening right now, but how has the response been from other churches, like the churches that have supported you? when they find out the type of ministry that you're doing? Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, it's kind of uh, on two ends of the spectrum. I'll talk to some churches, and they totally have no idea what I'm talking about, and uh, they're completely they're completely uninterested. <laughs> and sometimes I'll, I'll rattle off this big, long, you know, uh, speech, like I, like I have been here because I, I'm a talker, um, but I'll just, I'll be telling them all about like what we're doing and being all passionate and, and, and uh, then I'll pause and their response will be, now what is MMA? <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll, and then I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and so uh, there's a lot of churches that. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> getting carried away with the sound exactly. effects. Those are great. <laughs> but, you know, then there's other churches uh, that even though they, they say all the right stuff, they'll be like, oh, man, that's cutting edge. That's cool. That's that's so trendy. I've even had guys say, oh, man, you should have no trouble fundraising because that's just so, that's sexy. I mean, they use all these buzzwords and, and then whatever. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, neither end of the spectrum or any guys in the middle are, are willing to 
put their stuff out on the line and, and, and support what we do. That's interesting. That's really interesting. Why, why do you think that is, Josh? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a mystery to me. Uh, I think that it has to do with the overall culture of church right now. And um, uh, let me give a disclaimer. <laughs> I, I was raised in church, and uh, I love the church, and I definitely think that, uh, you know, it is, you know, God's bride. But uh, there's a problem. <laughs> and uh, one of the problems that I've found in doing some research is that uh, – there's only 10% of churches in this country that have an ongoing uh, men-specific ministry. And uh, as I've uh, scoured the Internet looking for churches to potentially partner with, I've noticed that this is completely true. If you go to any church website and you click on ministries, you're going to find that they have a music ministry, that they probably have a drama department. They probably have some kind of uh, IT department even. They'll have a women's ministry. They'll have a kids ministry for sure. They'll have a youth ministry. And if you click on men, if it even appears, it's going to give you a link back to their denominational website, or they're going to have an annual chili cook-off, or they're going to have an annual men's retreat, but there's not an ongoing thriving ministry for men. And uh, if you look at the uh, research, there's a whole straight in the middle of the, uh, most churches, and it's 18 to 36-year-old men. Yeah. And that's the exact same demographic that is the biggest demographic uh, for, for MMA fans. And if you wanted to get um, guys, I mean, like the average guy, I mean, we, we were joking around before that, you know, you, you go into church, right? And, uh, and, and I got to be careful here because some, some of our listeners might be girly men. And they're like, oh, sure. dude, you just described me. I'm a girly man. But there's a lot of girly men up front. A lot of times pastors are kind of girly. Um, sure. You know, they, they'd be like the last guy to get picked on the sports team um, in school. And they're just, they're not, they're not very masculine. And I'm not bagging on them because, I mean, some, some people struggle with stuff like that. So, you, you know, you don't want to be a jerk to them. But at the at the same time, like, dude, I I was at a conference this weekend and I looked up on stage and I was like, man, if I were gay, I'd be struggling right now looking at that dude because he is the most girly dude I've ever seen in my life. And and a lot of guys come in and they're just like, What is this? You know, like why are yeah, all the men so sure. girly here? And for sure. You wanted to reach men. Um you know, I mean, can you think of it better than, hey, let's go punch each other, you know, let's go or even like things like let's go shoot. You know, I, I meet guys all right. the time. They're like, hey, man, do you shoot? Do you ride motorcycles? And the church is just so far removed from stuff guys like to do. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that um, the whole the whole thing is just uh, it's been a huge shift. And I and uh, if you go into most churches and you find men that are 18 to 36 years old, Chances are they are artsy. Chances are, you know, they're into technology. They're into, you know, skinny jeans. <laughs> and no uh, skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 uh it's you know, it's just a fact. I mean, uh I was at a, a church uh recently and uh every single guy that I thought was in the right age group that I talked to uh, they started off the conversation with, 
I'm not very athletic or I'm not really into sports or, or something like that, you know? And it's like, yeah, but you can really pick out a sweet hat. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They were all wearing like super cool hats, but they look more like models. And, (laughs) and uh, see, I always want to find, where do they find the hat that goes on sideways? I just can't find the sideways brim (laughs) hat. They sell them at Disneyland or the Jungle Cruise. Mm, There you go. (laughs) It's just a a real thing, though. I I actually have a good friend of mine that you might actually want to ask to be on the podcast. Uh, His name is David Morrow, and he's up in Alaska. And uh, he actually has a website called churchformen.com. And uh, he does research, and he consults with churches on how to make your church more appealing to men and how to uh, even – even like aesthetically, you know, he'll walk into a church and he'll be like, wow, all of these colors scream woman. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even like the service structure, uh, one of the art, one of the uh, areas that he really uh, focuses on is, uh, you know, worship and how the, the average man doesn't want to sing in front of a bunch of other people. And, uh, you know, for me, um, I know that this is something that I don't struggle with because I've been in church my whole life. I like to sing, even though yeah. I am athletic and I like to do other stuff. But I think it's because I've been programmed and I've, I've grown up in that culture, whereas my son has had much uh, less of a traditional church upbringing, being yeah. a part of you know, a house church situation and uh, being a part of fight church for the last few years. And I mean, he's only 15 now, so in his uh, most developmental years, he hasn't really stood around and sang all that much. And when I see him in services, you know, he's not singing. And at first I was like, Oh my goodness, what I failed as a father. You know, why isn't my son singing these worship songs about adoring another man? (laughs) And, uh, it's because he's brought, he's been brought up around fight culture and he's been brought up about around manly, manly men, you know? Yeah. And he just doesn't like to sing. He's not good at it. And he, and he doesn't feel like he has to perform to worship God. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of think that, because I've thought about this a lot. I go to concerts, right? And I go to hard music concerts. Like, I like stuff that's really hard, really fast. If I had my way, I'd, I'd go to a church that played punk music, right? But I realize that's not... Sure you know, scalaluya or something like that. But I realize that's not for everybody. But but here's the deal, right? Um, I go to concerts, like big rock, like stadium fillers, and I hear a whole stadium of men singing. And they're not girly men, and these are not girly bands. Um, you know, and I can hear, and, and these are, I'll go hear bands that aren't Christian bands, you know, um, and people are singing at the top of their lungs. I think it's more to do with our music culture in church. I think if we had uh, almost like you said, like not that it has to be like manly music, you know, like, hey, women get lost. This is, you know, like Gone with the Wind. It's time for the men to talk politics and smoke cigars. The women can go upstairs and take a nap. Um, It's not that kind of thing, but it's that it's a little more, hey, this this is manly. Like case in point, right, in church. Uh, if you look at like the old hymns, right? And I'm not a fuddy daddy, right. but if you look at the old hymns, those actually feel pretty manly when you're singing them. I bellow those things. Yeah. And For they sure. were written by, you know, a lot of the good ones were written by like, say like the Wesleys. Those were some hardened dudes. If you knew their lifestyle, those guys were tough. Right. And, uh, and, and those, and, but I think our music culture right now is this really, 
touchy feely um whoa 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 you just will not get men to sing whoa 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 i remember a song in the 90s that had that in its in its uh chorus and i just i i couldn't sing it i was like no i'm not doing that that, that sounds right. orgasmic there's no way i'm orgasming in, right. in church <laughs> in a worship song and i just think that you know some some of our we we need some like musicians that are going to beef it up a bit for men yeah, and that's actually one of the one of the articles that uh, David Morrow uh, posted recently. He talks specifically about that and how a lot of the older hymns not only is the content a little more manly, <laughs> but uh, you know a lot of the tunes that they were set to were uh, you know pub tunes. You know that was bar music. It was it was music that men did sing. You know it was more of a yeah, you know, um, Martin Luther, his uh, "A Mighty Fortress Is Our God" is a pub tune. Um, right, it, right, you know, "A Mighty Fortress." You can hear them singing that in a in a beer hall in medieval Germany. You know, yeah, or marching down a muddy trail with your pack on as a you know as a platoon. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's something that you don't have to harmonize and you don't have to sound good. You just have to sound like you know something guttural, something and that's mo- most manly. I can I can see the CD coming out now. Fight church worship CD. <laughs> you know what? I <laughs> it would probably end up sounding a lot like flogging Molly. <laughs> Absolutely, good for you, man. And then and then on the cover, it'd have like skinny jeans with a red circle and a slash through it. <laughs> oh man, I, I love music like that because that's manly music. You don't sing it; you kind of just, you know, say it loudly. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, it's funny because getting back onto—I mean, that was an awesome aside. But I mean, getting back to our topic, you know, um, what what has? Because uh, I know one of the things that that happens with you is guys find you right. They hear fight church. What is that? You know, and then they look you up online. And uh, give us a website real quick. Uh, just fightchurch.com. Okay, so fightchurch.com. They go there and they're like, dude, I live in like St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, how do I, or, you know, uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. I want Fight Church where I'm at. How do I get Fight Church? Because what, what you do is you actually train uh, people to be chaplains, to do it. Because every city, every community uh, has men that, they're, again, the fastest growing sport in America Everybody's doing this stuff. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I have someone contact me and they just are needing support, then obviously we do our best to support them in any way we can with uh, checking up on them via phone or via Facebook or, or email, you know, holding them accountable, praying for them. But if I find the, uh, the right person in that area that can uh, kind of, uh, you know, head up something, then I, I've been trying so hard to – to find those key people and train them up and, uh, and actually plan a fight church ministry there so they can kind of follow in our footsteps and do what we do here in Vegas, but do it wherever they're at. And uh, we currently have six fight churches up and running uh, outside of Las Vegas and uh, two are international. And uh, we're just going to continue to do that because like you said, every single major Metro area in, in, in the United States and all over the world, um, there's a huge combat sports community and uh they're probably not being ministered to yeah yeah absolutely absolutely what do you find josh is the the main way that you minister to these guys um i'll tell you what the the funny thing is is they mainly just need somebody 
you know, uh, their whole life revolves around being in the gym and in the gym, you know, it's a, a very testosterone filled uh, environment where, you know, you have to be the toughest guy on the mat or you have to be the toughest guy in the cage. And it's all about, you know, putting in work and getting it done and, and all that sort of thing. And you're supposed to be tough and, and all that kind of thing. But uh, when it comes down to it, when they're not on the mat, not in the cage, and they're not at the gym, sometimes these guys are struggling with, uh, you know, just regular real life issues. And they just need someone to talk them out. A lot of times, just being there for, uh, you know, to be a listening ear and then lifting them up in prayer and just being a support system to them in the most basic way is, is really what they need the most. Yeah, one of the things that I find most unique about your ministry is that really the way that you're invited in with these guys is by just showing up. I mean, you're there to uh, to pray with them in the corner before a fight, to be with them after a fight. Um, if they get... A drunk one night, need a ride home, they know they can call on you and you'll go pick them up. I mean, you're invited to be a part of their life because you genuinely care about these guys. And that's, in in my view of what I see you're doing there, that's, um, you know, the real heart and soul of the ministry is we're going to be here for you guys. We'll be that stability that you're looking for. And guess what? You know, you're going to hear about God when you're with us, but it's not like, um, you know, we're just going to preach at you and, and tell you everything that you're doing wrong in your life. It's look, we're going to be your friend, but I mean, we're going to tell you what's, what's up with God, you know, but I mean, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like, yeah, definitely. I mean, our goal is just to, uh, to live the gospel and to be the gospel. And when it's, uh, when it's appropriate and when we get the green light, you know, from the Holy spirit, then, uh, you know, we definitely share the gospel outright, but, you know, that's, that's all we're trying to do is, uh, is, uh, you know, befriend them, love them and be there for them, show them, you know, love and mercy and grace and, and all the things that they don't get, you know, most other places, uh, including the church. <laughs> now, does your, does your, um, uh, ministry do any, um, like Bible study type stuff, or is it all just, uh, you know, being there for them on a, on a one-on-one basis? Um, you know, are there any, you know, house church type stuff or anything like that that also goes along with uh, being a part of Fight Church? We don't have anything that's regular and ongoing. Um, uh, we've done certain things uh, like one-off events and different things where we've sponsored like an open mat session for a couple hours on a Sunday, and then it was followed by a Bible study um, but most of the Bible studies and like direct discipleship type ministry, it happens one on one or it happens in a small group of two or three guys, just because the, the guys that we're working with are on all different uh, places in their spiritual journey. You know, a lot of these guys have actually come from somewhere else, the Bible Belt, and, and they do have um, basic biblical knowledge and they've given their life to the Lord at some point along the way, but they've just kind of strayed away. They got to Vegas and and had every good intention to get plugged into a faith community. And after, you know, two or three years, here they are, and they, they haven't been to church once. Um, and so they're, they're uh, comfortable with, uh, you know, having those deep conversations about Scripture and, and that sort of thing. But uh, as far as an ongoing um, set time, it's just logistically almost impossible because these guys are training full-time when they're not training. A lot of them have uh, two or three different, you know, crappy part-time jobs work, work in the door at a club or, or whatever. And they literally, um, when they have time off, they're trying to be with their kids or their wife or their girlfriend 
or they're just crashed out on the couch because they're so physically, uh, you know, drained from, from training so hard. One, one of the things that, uh, that we've talked about before is that, um, you're not, necessarily really concerned about starting a church. And so uh, one of the one of the things, you know, some of our, our listeners might say, well, why you got him on the Church Planner podcast? Because what Josh is doing is as frontline as it gets. It's a chaplaincy, which means that he can operate apart from a church. The focus of Josh's ministry is not, hey, come to my church. It's, hey, I'll come to you. And that's a game changer. That's what you know, a lot of people don't understand there are plenty of churches um, around for people to go to, but Josh is that thin edge of the wedge where he can get in where churches can't get in. Churches cannot penetrate um, MMA. If a church, you know, throws an event, guys at the MMA just turn around and keep punching each other. Whereas Josh goes in there and he's infiltrating and he's there amongst the guys rubbing shoulders and, and kind of what What's cool about this is that every single one of our listeners, every one of our church planners could get in touch with you, Josh, and pick your brain and say, well, look, I know of you know a whole handful of gyms in my town, and yes, the men are unreached, um, and they could get in touch with you, contact you, and chat with you, and even start following what you're doing, um, maybe get some coaching training from you, and you know, really learn how to infiltrate their community. This might be God actually leading some of our church planners that, hey, this is a mission field I'd never even thought of before because the church isn't thinking about it. They haven't thought of it. it it's still, you know, people are going, really? Fight church? And then once they hear it, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. How come I never thought of that? I just watch I just watch it on pay-per-view. Yeah, definitely. I would I would love to talk with anybody. Um, you know, one of the things that I that I uh, excel at is just brainstorming ideas and, and thinking outside of the box. I, I think that <laughs> we've lived outside of the box for so many years now um, that uh, our first thought is not, you know, what everybody else is thinking. So uh, I would love to, to, t- to talk to whoever and, uh, you know, and if there's an opportunity to partner in some way or another, um, I'm all about uh, doing uh, things that are mutually beneficial. <laughs> Yeah, you can uh, you can talk to Josh about um, coming out. I know sometimes uh, Josh comes out uh, or has people come out to see him. Um, you can go to his website and learn about that. He actually has some training he'll do. Um, and we're looking at possibly, Josh, uh, you putting together a, actually a training uh, series to actually help guys start it up. And, of course, uh, the, the proceeds from that would go to support the ministry. Well, Josh, thanks for coming on the show. We appreciate it. You're good friends to Pete and I, and uh, we appreciate your time, man, talking to our guys. Thanks so much. All right. That's been Josh Boyd from Fight Church. You can go to his site, fightchurch.com. And this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going, punch the daylights out of them, and, (laughs) (laughs) and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music